Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Teacher. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network, coming to you from the TeacherCast studios since 2011. Join us each week as we bring you the latest educational news, edtech updates, and hottest interviews with today's most influential leaders in education. And now, for your host, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Teacher Cast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and welcome to the Jeff Bradbury Show, episode number 37. If you're a blogger, podcaster, author, speaker, or any educator looking to become a content developer this year, this is the podcast for you. And welcome to our episode. You know, it wasn't that long ago that we had our good friend Karen Yankovic on, and she was talking to us all about how she was using a great little social platform called LinkedIn to build her EDU brand. And today we are going to continue that with much popular demand. And we're going to continue to deep dive into LinkedIn with our good friend Andy Pass from A Pass Education. But before we get into our interview today, I hope you guys are doing well. Don't forget to check out all the great stuff over on our website, buildyouredubrand.com. Not only can you work on your newsletter, check out all the great podcasts. We've got so much stuff going on there. And I want to say thank you guys for making TeacherCast your home for professional development. And so speaking about LinkedIn, what is it? How does it work? How do you become successful? The other day, I was actually on LinkedIn celebrating, as you guys might have heard, our 10-year anniversary here with TeacherCast. I actually got the uh, the notification on all my devices that says, you have been on Twitter for 10 years, you've been on Facebook for 10 years, and yes, I even got one that says, you've been on LinkedIn for 10 years. And it started getting me thinking, how do you do LinkedIn? How do you build your brand? What makes LinkedIn different than everything else? Well, I've got a friend who I actually met on LinkedIn, and today we're going to talk all about how you guys can be successful building your EDU brands on LinkedIn. I want to welcome Mr. Andy Pass. Andy, how are you today? Welcome to the Jeff Bradbury Show. Thank you, Jeff. It's good to be here. It is so good to see you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Andy Pass? So I grew up in Chicago, and my first job was as a teacher. And then when I taught for a number of years, I decided I wanted to learn more about education in general. So I went and I did my doctoral work in curriculum teaching and educational policy at Michigan State University. And today I live outside of Detroit and I started an educational content development company 12 years ago that I run on a daily basis. I love the fact that you were a teacher that decided to make a, a, a your own EDU brand, and now you're doing it to support thousands of teachers through APAS Education. Talk to us a little bit about the business that you've created for yourself. So we have 2,400 associates who are writers, editors, subject matter experts, instructional designers, artists, production team members, translators, and translocalization experts. And we partner with organizations to develop customized content. So courses, lesson plans, assessment items, learning objects, textbooks, instructor guides, et cetera, et cetera. And the raison d'etre, the reason we have this whole company is because we really value the importance of empowerment, empowering learners to succeed 
empowering people to hear their inner voice. And that's one of the things that I've lived my whole life by is just sort of trying to empower myself to do good and other people. I love the fact that you are out there trying to empower teachers. You know, again, teacher cast is built on this motto of being a place for teachers to help other teachers. It's all about giving people the right tools to help them do whatever it is that they want to do. And, and really that's what we're talking about today. LinkedIn, right? When we think of social media, we think of things like Facebook, we think of Twitter, maybe Pinterest, but LinkedIn is one of those silent yet extremely powerful social media platforms. How long, uh, how long have you guys been on LinkedIn doing things? Almost since the beginning of the company, Jeff, I would say. Wow. So probably a full 12 years. And when we're looking at LinkedIn, I think many people look at it as it's your resume. It's where businesses go. I, I know I'm not putting things about my kids on LinkedIn, but you know, the the joke is always out there. Hey, you got a new job. Time to update your LinkedIn, not, hey, go update your resume. Somehow LinkedIn and resume kind of have become like the same word over the last couple of years. Jeff, I'm not sure that I like that analogy or comparison, even though I think it's accurate for that people say that. Okay. And the reason that I don't necessarily like it is because it's not about only yourself. It's an opportunity to engage in meaningful discourse or discussion on very serious topics that you might see at a teacher meeting center. Um, or a large workshop and important ideas, important strategies can be discussed. It's almost in the business world that's compared to a conference room where business people sit down and talk. Facebook is more compared to the water cooler. Mm -hmm. Pinterest is compared to passing by one another in a hallway Twitter the same way, but LinkedIn is more the serious, professional setting. And it starts with the resume, but that's just the very beginning. Well, we're today we're going to be talking about five different things that you can do on LinkedIn or should be thinking about LinkedIn. And, and when I was going through our list to prepare for the show today, I kind of started doing that mental check of, okay, am I doing this? Are these things I need to do? Um, should we be looking at LinkedIn the same way that we look at other ones? And I love your analogy of Facebook is like this, Twitter's like this, but I mean, in the world of auto posting, in a world where I, so many people really aren't on social media, but they're just kind of letting their bots throw content out there, should we be doing LinkedIn differently than we do other social medias? And if so, how? Well, I really use LinkedIn to grow my company. Without LinkedIn, I would not have a company and... I would be working somewhere else. 
So I really do value LinkedIn differently than I do other social media tools. Now, are you are you speaking right now as Andy, the teacher, Andy, the entrepreneur or uh, the CEO of your company? Like when you say you're using LinkedIn differently, um, where are you speaking from on that? Andy, the entrepreneur. Which enabled me to become Andy, the CEO. And from a teacher perspective, if you're developing content and wanting to get your word out there, I would say that you might be thinking as a teacher and then as an entrepreneur, depending on how large you want to grow your organization, whether it's just you or others, determines whether or not you're going to be ever talking as a CEO. But you are your own CEO. You are your own CEO. And many people who are listening to this are those K-12 teachers who are venturing out, or maybe they're a podcaster who have been doing this for a little bit. Knowing that you are your own CEO is very powerful. And, and, and that brings us up to the first thing that we want to be thinking about today, Andy, when we're on LinkedIn. And you say it's all about having confidence in a world and knowing that your voice matters. Why is that important to have confidence when you're on the business social media platform? I would say it's important because you need to know that when you write, how you participate is meaningful and matters. I, when my company was really small, reached out to people who ran large companies and they responded. They wanted to participate in the interaction as well. You know, Jeff, when I started my doctoral program in education, the chairman of the program explained to us what the imposture syndrome was. And the imposture syndrome is where you're doing things in your life, where you find yourself in a position and you basically say, I can't possibly be there. I'm just me. Well, the fact of the matter is, all of us are just me. Meaning you could say that to yourselves. So therefore, your voice, your creativity, meaning talking to teachers and others who are listening to this podcast, is every bit as thoughtful and creative as anybody else's. And you need to be confident in that. Talk to us a little bit about that process, right? Because when you say that you're reaching out to people, are does that mean that you're doing private conversations? Does that mean that you're you're making a post and then at somebody, uh, hoping that they they respond? Or how do you successfully reach out to these people? I mean, if we're looking at Facebook as friends and colleagues, um, you know, you mentioned LinkedIn is where you start to meet other business leaders or other business people. What is that best way or what is that, 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 you know, what, what, let's just start there. What's the best way to make some friends with people who are out of your league in the business world sometimes? How do you sure. do this? So I have 18,000 connections on LinkedIn. 
Basically, I'm connected with all my friends. No, just kidding. But (laughs) I I have 18,000 and I grew most of my network by sending individual letters. And it's their introductory invitations. And all of my letters are the same. Dear Jeff, we have multiple connections in common. I'm the founder of an educational content development company that partners with organizations to develop customized content. We have X number of associates, or I can do X work. I'd love to chat with you because we might be able to find some synergies. Thanks, Andy. And then when they accept it, you turn to email and email them a letter asking if you can have a conversation because you just want to learn more about what they do. And that has worked over and over and over. And literally within the first week that I started this, probably 10 years ago, we got a huge project because I sent it to the right person. And that is the way that I form all of my connections, or most of them. It's not exactly the way LinkedIn suggests to do it, but people still accept your invitation. And if you're genuine, people will be genuine back with you. That certainly is showing confidence. In, in who you are, in what you do. And, you know, the second thing here that we talked about is, is really where we are right now in our conversation is connecting with people. And, you know, as you're saying that, I'm kind of scrolling up through our message. We, we you know, we met a, a few weeks ago and, and yep, that that's exactly hi. This is who I am. This is what I do. Let's go grab a drink. Let's go grab some coffee. Let's 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 get together here. Here's my question about this. I looked you up and decided, Hey, what the heck? Let's have some fun and and let's see who this person is. But I get these messages constantly, constantly from people who are just out there trying to sell you things. You know, if I can get on the hook, maybe I can get them into my funnel. How do you reach out and connect with people, but not be, I don't even know the right word. Funnel chasers maybe is the right is is the term, right? Because I mean, I, I'm looking down here at my LinkedIn messages, and so many of them are, "Hey, would you like to be a part of my connection?" Or, "Hey, would you like me to coach you?" Or, "Hey, would you like me to?" It's really hard to weed through the things. Jeff, people want to do business with their friends. They don't want to do business with people who just reach out trying to sell. And therefore, I would suggest that the very first part of this needs to be to simply develop a relationship. Jeff, if you recall, one of the first things that I asked you when we started chatting was for you to tell me about yourself. I didn't care about your podcasts. I didn't care about your teaching or your professional development work. I cared about you. Mm -hmm. And when you have that question as to who are you talking to, who are you communicating with, you'll always be able to develop the relationship. And even if you never sell, friends are a good thing to have in life. 
and you become friends. Well, that leads us up to the third thing here we're going to talk about today, which is have engaging conversations. And you even go a step further to say have engaging conversations on others' threads. Talk to us a little bit about that, because I see this thing on LinkedIn. I'm not quite sure I fully understand. It's it's the, you know, you're a first connection with somebody. You're a second connection with somebody. I mean, it's almost like we're talking cousins and, and things here. What do you mean by having engaging conversations on other people's threads? So when you look at your home screen on LinkedIn, you're going to see a lot of posts that sort of like flow through, much like on Facebook, the news feed. And whether it's a first connection that posted it or a second connection who commented who posted it in the first connection, commented on it, you can respond. I'll give you an example. So first of all, what's this thing, first and second tear connections? So Jeff and I are now first tear connections, Jeff, because you accepted my invitation. What that means is that all of your connections, who I'm not first tear connections with are now my second tear connections because you're my first, they're my second. And what kinds of posts can you make in response to others' posts? Something funny, which is a little sick, but someone told me I was one of the few who would dare to say this, so I'll share it. One of my first tear connections this morning said that he was getting back on the road to do professional development. And he said, I guess it's time to take showers every day after COVID. And I responded by saying that during COVID, I experimented with how long it could be between showers. And um, I set some records for myself. And then I said, but for those of you who see me at conferences or anywhere else, you should know that I'm now taking a shower every day. And when I ride my bike, sometimes even twice a day. Well, that's sort of like the kind of comment that you would get at the very beginning of a meeting. I mean, it's so silly. Like it's, but it just sparks discussion. And more serious dialogue could be somebody posts a comment that learning styles are no longer so important because what's important is how people adapt to the workforce development needs that are in the workforce. And as an educator, I think of learning styles and don't understand why those two workforce development needs and learning styles are exclusive of one another. So I ask the question and it generates intelligent thought. I disagree with the writer but it's okay to challenge one another on LinkedIn. 
It's intellectual discourse. So having these conversations with people who are in your, your first tier, those inner circles, and then finding those second and third tiers are important. But there's another point of LinkedIn, which I think we're kind of the it's kind of the way that we dip our toe in and that's by posting content and let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, when it comes to creating content for LinkedIn, posting content for LinkedIn, there's two different kinds. There's I've created something or I want to share something. And then there's the live LinkedIn. You know, I, I, we've got a lot of podcasters listening to this who want to get into live content or, you know, live video on here, but you mentioned here in, in our list of, of our topics here, posting blog posts, both personal and company. Can you define what a personal blog post is here for a business? I mean, this isn't yesterday. My family and I went on a field trip. This is more business personal, right? What kind of things yeah. would we be posting on LinkedIn? So my company develops customized content. And I love thinking about the creative aspects of developing educational content. So we have a business development team and a marketing team that develops content that is put out there for the general public um, or our prospective customers. Um, on all kinds of different topics. I don't write that. But as the CEO, I'm allowed to share my voice as well. And in sharing my voice, I write about things that are interesting to me. So not too long ago, I wrote an article on what education is going to look like in 2030. And I envision kids learning in such a way that it's much more self-choice as to what they're going to do, even as they're moving towards the same learning objectives. I envision not so much formal desks and sitting with um, a teacher in the center, but really a guide on the side and middle school and elementary school students and even some high school students sitting however they find most comfortable, whether that's laying down, hanging from some gym, jingle, jingle set, whatever gym, um, just whatever they find most comfortable. And I wrote about that. That's my voice. That's authentic. Is that a post that maybe goes on your website that you share the link to, or is that writing directly into a LinkedIn post? I, I understand that there is a, 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 an algorithm difference um, from what I understand with LinkedIn. For instance, if, you, if you're natively uploading a video to it, that's going to get a higher rank than if you put a YouTube link on there or some other kind of external video. How, how do you recommend your content be uh, shared posted and so that way it has uh, you know the highest number of people looking at it so i do not actually post blog posts on our website anymore that's within the domain of business development and maybe they'll ask me to write something once or twice a year mm -hmm. i however as all linkedin users have an opportunity to post articles it's a specific function on linkedin and 
when you're going to post something, it asks if it's a post or an article or perhaps a video, and you can choose. So I often post articles, maybe not as often as I'd like, because I should be doing it at least weekly, but sporadically. Um, and then at times, I also just write posts. Posts are a lot shorter. They're more than a tweet. Um, but it's a lot easier to just put it out there, and people can respond. And that can be anything from something very serious. People don't want to know political beliefs. People don't want to care about your family, unless there's really something special. Like I saw a post today about a father who got his bachelor's degree at 65. That's special. Like, that's mm -hmm. okay. But it's just not mundane stuff. You're not going to write about your kids ice skating lesson. You had mentioned earlier one of the places that you like to meet people, share things, you know, the office table here is through LinkedIn, making it different than Facebook. The last thing that we're going to talk about today here, you know, in our five ways to use LinkedIn to build your EDU brand is joining groups. Now, I got to be honest, this is not something I do often, or should I say I join groups, but I don't engage in groups. Talk to us a little bit about LinkedIn groups. How can we use them? How do we get our toe wet and how do we start to, uh, get noticed in these in these various groups jeff it reminds me i once asked a professor how do you get noticed and liked by other professors and his comment was right well and so the way to get noticed in groups is by posting thoughtful comments that are engaging and groups are really just groups of people all focused on a single topic. So for example, maybe there's higher education, maybe there's K-12, maybe there's social studies teaching, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And those discussions are substantive related to the topic. And they too will appear in your home feed um, that you can comment on. And in the group's function of LinkedIn, you can see all of the many, many groups that they have. And of course, they are also um, searchable so that you can find what's relevant to you. I would recommend that everybody play with a group or two just because it's fun. Is a LinkedIn group very similar to a Facebook group? I mean, I'm, I'm looking through the ones that I have here. This one particular is Twitter using educators. But, you know, this particular group's got 28,000 people. The last time anything was posted in here, six months ago. Is it just a matter of finding a group and making sure that, you know, it's active? Or is it, you know, sometimes more people doesn't always mean more activity, I guess. Exactly. And that's one of the challenges that I have with groups as well is they sometimes don't get enough activity. It doesn't mean that if you're a teacher with a specific interest, you can't start posting in a group and make it have more activity. Um, but with specifically with the groups, I think it's okay to look at it as similar to a Facebook group. Mm -hmm. But 
more serious, less tolerance for trivial issues. Is it a place for you to share your own stuff? I mean, a lot of us in the content creation world have this issue. I'm, I'm raising my hand as we say this, where you create all this great content, um, but nobody wants you to share your own content because then it really becomes spamming everybody. I mean, we've all done this where you create a podcast and you go onto Facebook and 20 minutes later, you've posted it in every single group and you've spammed everybody in, 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 in Facebook. How do you do this, right? Like if I was to ask you, how do you win the LinkedIn game? Um, is it about having confidence? Is it about making the connections? Is it about posting blog posts? Is it about the groups? Or is there one more piece of advice that you can give anybody who, whether they're starting out or let's just hypothetically say that you're now 10 years into this game, how does somebody win LinkedIn? I would say it's a lot like developing a successful lesson. You need to know what your objective is in using and then you need to come up with strategies for fulfilling your objective. But if it's truly to get noticed and be an influential voice on LinkedIn, then I would say you should be posting a thoughtful comment at least every day. It's maybe, maybe once every other day, but that's not a lot. And really, posting things that others are interested in, ending them with questions that encourage them to write comments, and maybe including polls, and including perhaps small pictures or links to articles. But be a regular poster and a regular comment. Guys, we want to know what you guys think about this. If LinkedIn is, is what you do or what you're doing, let us know. You can, of course, head on over to our website at uh, www.buildyouredubrand.com. We would love to hear from you about all this stuff. And if you've never tried LinkedIn, I highly recommend you do it. it as, as Andy said here, it's not just for your resume. It is a place where you can go out there and connect and meet amazing people. A couple of weeks ago, I was just minding my own business on this platform and suddenly Andy popped up. We decided to hit on, have a great conversation. A couple of weeks ago, we just talked face to face for a while and here we are. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know what kind of experiences and adventures that these social media platforms are. And we want to know what you guys are thinking. If you've had a great experience, please join us on the podcast at some point. We would love to have you guys as a member of the Jeff Bradbury show family. And Andy, as we head into the second half of 2021, as we head into back to school season here, what is on the horizon for you and for the APAS education team? We're really excited about um, continuing to develop content. We just got a fabulous project with a large virtual school that's going to be developing a number of different middle school courses and really just continuing to interact with people, go to conferences, and what I love doing most, learn. We hope that you guys have enjoyed this show. Don't forget, you can check us out on Twitter at TeacherCast, or you can always find me at Jeff Bradbury. Would love to have you guys check out everything at Build Your EDU Brand. Join our network, join our newsletter, and 
become a member of our teacher cast family and on behalf of andrew here and everybody here in the teacher cast educational network my name is jeff bradbury reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students you've been listening to the teacher cast educational network hosted by jeff bradbury please reach out to the show with all of your questions on twitter at teachercast or online at www.teachercast.net be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and please take a moment to write a review in the app store